Welcome to another episode of We Don't Die, where my goal is to give you evidence that although our bodies will disappear, we survive physical death. I'm your host, Sandra Champlain, author of the best-selling book called We Don't Die, A Skeptic's Discovery of Life After Death. Today on our show, we have a wonderful man who has always had a strong desire to be a healer, but life took him in many directions, as it does. He's been a soldier, a businessman, a kung fu instructor, and a stay-at-home dad. His name is Brian Basket. Thankfully, Brian has followed this desire. Eleven years ago, after experiencing an amazing healing himself, he began studying and working as a healer. He started as a Reiki practitioner and soon progressed into spiritual healing. Brian has also studied evidential mediumship at the Arthur Finley College in England and says he has personally been given a glimpse of heaven. He has taken part of some amazing and what many people would call miraculous healings. Coming to us from Canfield, Ohio, here in the United States, I'd like to say Brian Basket, welcome to We Don't Die Radio. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm thrilled to be on your show. It's a pleasure to, to, to meet you finally and um, and to be here. So. Yes. Yeah, and I'm, I'm privileged to meet you and talk to you. And the way I found out about Brian is we both share the same tutor. You heard me interview Minister Matthew Smith from the Arthur Finley College several episodes ago. And uh, we both work privately with Matthew, continuing our learning, and Brian and I, just before this episode, found out we were at the Arthur Finley College at exactly the same week this past May. Small world. <laughs> it is a small world, and yeah, and I'm sure our eyes looked at each other and we just didn't know it, so I think it's a great synchronicity. Anyways, Brian, how do we start? Um, could you give us a little bit about your background, maybe where you grew up and, you know, you've done some various things with your life, but how, like how you got into being a healer. So you have the floor now. Well, I predominantly lived two places growing up. Uh, lived in Ohio as a child. And then uh, when I was about junior high, my, my father moved us down to Texas and I pretty much lived most of my uh teen life down there. Um, went in the military. I, I spent about eight years overseas. I actually spent eight years in Japan and, uh, and, and another year in Korea. Wow. Uh, I worked actually as a civil servant. I was active duty military and then I worked as a civil servant for the Department of Defense um, in Japan and uh, taught martial arts in the evenings while I was there. Um, I used to be a very competitive martial artist. Uh, and um, But I've always been very interested in, in healing and I've, I've always had I guess the desire to be a healing a healer even as a child I uh, actually attended chiropractic college for a couple of years in Dallas um, financially it was really a burden and I was living quite far from there and commuting and I didn't I did not end up graduating um, but during one of our uh, we had different classmates that would give up and give presentations on different subjects and one of my classmates had done a presentation on Reiki and as she described this spiritual healing, the, uh, this Reiki healing, I was I was quite interested in that, and had uh, didn't really research it, but it, but it's something that was kind of in the back of my mind. And um, a couple of years later, I was actually diagnosed diagnosed with kidney disease. I'd, I'd been to a nephrologist and was pr- pretty much told by the doctor that we don't know what causes your disease. There's no cure. 
it could get better, it could get worse, but there's really nothing we can do for you. And I said, well, that's not a whole lot of good. No, <laughs> so, that's bad news. Yes. So um, I was I was exploring other options. I was like, you know, I wonder if this this Reiki thing I'd heard about could could help my kidney disease. And so I was in uh, living in Houston at the time. Uh, we were looking at a relocation down there, and I went on the internet and I found a, a, a lady by the name of Ashkey Torres in Houston, Texas, and she's a phenomenal healer. And she um, made an appointment, went in and saw her as she's working on me. Um, I'd, I'd gone in here with, to see her with the intention of having get, getting work done on my kidneys. Right. And as she's working on me, she gets over my right hip and she, I see her nose curl up. And this is a woman who has an ability to actually, I guess gets a smell from from injury that's not a good smell. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> and I hear this ew, <laughs> and and she takes her finger and she places it directly over my hip and she says, "Oh, what injury right here?" And I, I kind of my eyes got a little bit big and I was like, "Yeah." And here I'd I'd injured my hip years ago in the military, and this was like a twenty year old injury, hadn't even mentioned it to her, and yet she picks up on this injury, and she says. And it's something I'd lived with for you know twenty years, and, and been to orthopedists, been to chiropractors, been to MDs, been to acupuncturists. Nobody had been able to help me with this issue. And she says, "Well, we're going to work on this." And I said, "Well, okay, well, knock yourself out." And she starts moving her hands over the over the injury, and and I see her looks like she's scooping scooping the air, shaking her hands out on the floor, and I'm like, "Well, this is kind of interesting." Because they don't really, they don't touch you in Reiki, right? Well, yes and no. Okay. They can't. It's up to you. It's up to the clients. Okay. But they don't have to. Okay. Um, but she's doing this. And then uh, we finish the session and I get up off the table and I'm like, wow, for the first time in 20 years, my hip didn't hurt. And that just, that just was amazing. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, what did you do? And she said, well, this is just, and she kind of explained the process of, of, of spiritual healing and, and, and what she does as a Reiki practitioner. And I said, well, I want to learn this. And she said, well, well I'm a teacher. And I was like, well, sign me up. When, when's your next class? And, she's, and she was in the process of getting a class together. And it was probably about a month later that I took my first class. And, and that's how I got started on this path. <laughs> wow. Can you just describe Reiki just a little bit more? Because I know I've had one Reiki treatment and I thought, what in the world is this? My experience was somebody gifted me the Reiki and I thought, okay, I'm open for anything. And I still remember lying on the massage table with my eyes closed. And I had to open my eyes because it felt like this woman had some kind of a really hot heat lamp that she was putting right over my belly. And it was like, it was like too hot because I was like, oh, you got to, whatever that is, turn it down. And when I opened my eyes, it was only her hands. Right. And so I'm like, what, what is this? So maybe you could describe Reiki a bit. Well, what a Reiki practitioner does is essentially they're tapping into the, the term Reiki means like universal life force, if you will, or life energy. And a Reiki ch- practitioner goes through a series of attunements, and these attunements actually kick up, for lack of a better explanation, your vibration level. Um, spirit has a very high, high vibration level, and us in the flesh and blood have a very low vibration level. So... When you meet in the twain, I think that's where the term mediumship comes in, is because you're you're kind of meeting halfway. You're you're upping your vibration and spirits lowering theirs so that you can get communication or in this case transfer of healing energy. 
That's amazing. Did it impact your kidney disease? Actually, it did because um, kidney function is measured by creatinine levels. And after my healing, my creatinine levels actually improved. And and for being on the bad side, they've, they've actually gotten to like high. They're st- my creatinine levels are still high, but they're within normal range now. Oh, congratulations. And, and they continue to improve. <laughs> so um, absolutely, I received healing, uh, you know, uh, for that for that issue also. Pretty but, miraculous. Go ahead. So, so the, for the so what the Reiki practitioner is doing, they're actually working. The, the body has not only the corporeal body, the flesh and blood body, but there's also an energy body which mirrors the physical. And some people call it your auric field. So, what is reflected in the physical is also reflected in the energy body, and vice versa. So, um, typically, um, a Reiki practitioner will go through and clear the different chakras, you know, the seven main chakras that are. Uh, or, or energy centers that are in the body, mm-hmm. and then um, look for other blockages or energy issues in the body. And this can be as a result of injuries or disease, and then seek to clear that in the energy body, which then is reflected in the physical body, and it, it causes a shift towards health. And sometimes um, it's, a, it's quite a miraculous shift towards health. Um, Let's see, where should we go from now? Because there's so much I want to ask you. But now your journey, you started off as the Reiki practitioner. Mm-hmm. That's not exactly what you're doing now. And just for our listeners, Brian's website is ReikiHolisticHealing.com. And of course, if you go to WeDon'tDieRadio.com and click on episode 115, you can see a picture of Brian and links to his website. So back to you. Um, well, yeah, go ahead. Teacher Ashki Torres had, had, had told me, and she'd kind of explained about people that she called guides. And she said that when you do this type of healing work, there's, uh, she called spirit guides that work with you that are basically spiritual healers that, that are channeling through your energy to, 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 to the client, to the patient. And I was very curious about that. I said, well, how do you know they're there? And she said, well, you ask for a sign of their presence. And I said, well, how does that work? And she says, well, in her case, she feels almost, it feels like a hand on her shoulder. And I said, well, that's very interesting. So the first time I did a healing, I, I said, okay, I, I call upon my guys and I ask them for a sign of their presence. And I would get this light touch and it's just like a little feather touch on the side of my nose. And I, I thought, okay, is that my guide? So the next time I did the healing, I did the same thing and I got the same touch in the same place. That's pretty cool. And you just gave me goosebumps thinking that we could ask for a sign like that and get it so... And uh, on our body, as I would continue doing healings, though, and, and as different pe- clients would come and see me, I would get different touches on my face. And it was only when I was doing this healing work. So I was very curious about that. And I was thinking, you know, I, I felt like spirit wanted to communicate with me. And I was uh, I was like, well, you know, how do you go about communicating with spirit? I guess I already am to a degree because I'm, 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 I'm working with them doing healing work. And I said, well, you, you uh, I guess mediums, isn't that what mediums do? And so I, I went out and find all the books I could find on mediumship. I probably read 20 books on them. Um, unfortunately, most of which were garbage. Yes. <laughs> and finally found a couple of good books. And then, um, and I say I was led by spirit to uh, some people who were actually working in mediumship in the Dallas-Fort Worth area who are also teachers. A phenomenal teacher, guy's name is Chuck Murphy. And he's in Dallas. And if you have any interest in psychic or mediumship work, I suggest you look the guy up. He's a great teacher. He has a little course that I took. It's called Zero to Psychic. Oh, neat. 
it's kind of a crash course. And he's, and we, we spoke on the phone first and he said, well, you know, if you're doing healing work, you're already three quarters of the way there hmm. because you're already connecting for spirit for the healing. You're just not working on that communication side yet. And, um, took his course and found actually I was able to do readings for people. Um, which was amazing and, and, and was participating in a couple of development circles to develop that skill. Well, as I developed the skill, I was actually now getting messages from my guides. And um, one of the experiences I had as a healer is, is I was working on people, say two people came and person A, I'm working on them and, and I'm feeling this trickle of energy going through them. And then person B comes and I feel like more like a waterfall of energy. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, well, why isn't everybody getting the waterfall? Right. Well, so the next person would come and they're getting the trickle. And all of a sudden I'm like, well, no, they need the waterfall. So I start pushing energy. Well, what I came to realize after some time of doing this is one person I would work on. And after the, after the healing session, I would feel energized and I would feel great. And after the, working on the other person, I would feel wiped out. Like I'd go take a four hour nap. And I wasn't sure what, what, what was causing this. I was like, I couldn't. I didn't make the connection. Was that the trickle that gave wanted to make, have you take a nap, or the waterfall? That, well, I'll continue. Um, so what happened is, is I actually had a communication from my guides, uh-huh. and they said, you know, you, you're you're doing great in your healing work. You're intuitive. You're following your, you know. They said, but here's what's going on because we know you've been been doing this, and we want to kind of correct something. They said, they said, let's preface this by telling this. The client gets what they need from spirit. If they need a trickle, they're supposed to get a trickle. If they need the waterfall, they get the waterfall. Oh. They said, when you are getting the trickle and you give them the waterfall, that's coming out of your personal reserve of energy. Oh. Our energy is quite limitless. It's infinite. You could do this all day using our energy, and it wouldn't tire you out in the least. In fact, it would have the opposite effect on you. But when you're doing your healing work and you're pushing energy, that's like you're draining your battery, and that battery has to be recharged. Right. So to uh, to recharge that battery. Oh. And so wow. basically, if you will let us work, and and for for lack of a, a better term, get out of our way you will have more effective healings and better healings and it won't affect you physically. Yeah. So it's like you're tapped into the universal battery as opposed to your own lesson for me as a healer. And every time I meet new healers, I, I relay that message along (laughs) because I'm sure that other people have run into similar situations. Yeah. Brian, I want to ask you just because the title of the show is we don't die. There was at some point, um, a belief that you adopted that life after death is real Um, Do you have any stories from maybe when you first could do readings for people or like, or even presently, like what, what has you know that life after death is real? Well, of course, starting into evidential mediumship, uh, an evidential medium sits down with a client that in most cases, they know nothing about a client and are able to present information from spirit that that the the medium the, the the reader would have absolutely no way of knowing and um i've had some fantastic readings for people that and uh just amazing information that i was able to provide of course without a doubt uh where's information coming from spirit and and wonderful messages but a, a personal experience i had which was and I'll, I'll, I'll go into that a little bit um backing up 
when I was in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I would, uh, Chuck Murphy, the, the men, I mentioned previously, would sponsor a monthly healing gathering at a, at a metaphysical store in Louisville, Texas. And I, myself, and several other healers would go up there to volunteer our time. And it was basically open to the public. Anybody who wanted to come in for healing or was curious about these types of things could come in. And it was once a month, and we'd have anywhere from 30 to 60 people that would show up uh, for, for this session. And um, it was usually the last Friday of the month. And I worked with some phenomenal healers up there. And uh, I met people with all different levels and different, um, how should I say, experiences as far as length of time. Some of these people have been doing this for years. Some people were rather new to it, as I was at the time. So changing gears a little bit. I meditate, and we call it sitting sitting with spirit or sitting in the power. I try to do this every night, and it's basically a calming of the mind, uh, getting into a relaxed state, and um, basically inviting spirit to come and blend with your energy to help with your development, be it healing or mediumship or just spiritual development, development in general. So one night um, in my meditation, I'm taking my deep breaths, and I'm, I'm quite relaxed. And I have the feeling of being drawn out of my body and almost, I would say, a lifting feeling. And I found myself, for lack of a better term, in a room that was filled with a a golden light. And it was, I could best describe it, it felt like I was like inside a cloud. I mean, I really couldn't see anything but this golden light. And immediately upon arrival, I hear two things. (laughs) Brian, what are you doing here? Mm-hmm. at which point I felt the presence of my grandmother who was in spirit. And then I hear, Oh, he brought you. So immediately I'm thinking, well, who's he? Yes. <laughs> and, and within seconds, I mean, literally the speed of thought, I was instantly surrounded and, and of course I couldn't see them, but I could feel their energy by aunts, uncles, passed over loved ones. And uh, I was actually, I could feel like the physical touch of, of hugs and, what I could best describe is a feeling of euphoria. Hmm. Uh, if you can mag- magnify the, the, the strongest feeling of love you've ever experienced, times a thousand. Wow. That's what it felt like. And it was the most amazing, best feeling I've ever experienced in my life. Wow. I wasn't sure how long I had been there. And I say there. <laughs> um, at which time I heard, oh, it's time for you to leave. And I was like, no. (laughs) And within a few seconds, I found myself, I guess you say back in my body. And I took a deep breath and I sat there and I had the residual feeling of that energy, that that euphoric feeling for a while. And I just kind of sat in that and and enjoyed that. And of course, in my mind, I'm thinking, what the heck was that? Was that real? Did I experience that? Mm Mm-hmm. And so, and I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my wife. I didn't tell my kids. I didn't tell any of my friends about it. I just kind of kept that to myself. I was like, well, if I say that, people are going to think I'm kind of nuts. And so uh, a couple weeks later, I, I go up to the healing service up in Louisville. And there's a great guy who works up there. His name's Neil Marshall. He's, he's a wonderful healer, uh, medium. Guy's full-blown full open. He's clear audience. He, he hears spirit. He sees them with, you know, with the naked eye. And... I'm, I'm, I'm standing there chatting with somebody. Neil walks up and the other person walks up and Neil looks at me and I see him look up towards the ceiling. This, this place had like 20 foot ceilings in the room. And he says, uh, Hey Brian. And I say, Hey Neil, what's up? Neil's, Neil's a good old boy from Texas. 
and I'll use a bleep for his expletive. He says, you know, you have a big bleeping angel standing right behind you. Wow. He goes, he says, this sucker's big. He's hunkered down to, to be in this room. And I was like, well, I know that there's angels that work with me when I do my healing work. And he says, oh, no, this guy's huge. He goes, well, hold on. He's, he's, he's telling me something. So I see Neil cock his head to the side and he's listening. And I see him and he's like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And he says, well, his message is, he says, you went on a little trip recently. And he says, you know what he's talking about. And he says, you've been doubting whether that occurred or not. Oh. He says, uh, he wants you to know that he is the one who took you on that little trip. Mm. So I was like, wow. <laughs> yes. Because <laughs> I knew exactly what he was talking about. And so uh, uh, my, my trip to the other side was actually validated for me. What a confirmation. And uh, Complete was not expecting that. And uh, it really, it really, you know, floored me. Uh, I was just, um, you know, what an amazing experience. Oh, sure. Um, have that experience validated. Yeah, definitely. Um, can you just give us an example of maybe one of the, without using names, one of the medium readings you have done? Maybe there's some information that you recall that wowed you that you were able to deliver. Is there anything come to mind? If yeah. Not? Okay. I was looking for a woman. She was of uh, Native American descent. And it was a great grandmother of hers had come forward. And I was able to pick up that she was a medicine woman and that, that this, this woman I was reading for as a small child had spent time with the grandmother. Um, and the grandmother had actually, I had images of the grandmother not only doing dancing and had her doe skins on, you know, the, and, um, her, she, she was a medicine woman mm -hmm. and, um, teaching this grandmother, or the grandmother teaching this, 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 this woman, uh, taking her on nature walks, planning out, pointing out different herbal things, uh, med med medicines and things, plants that were used uh, for healing. And then um, I'm shown this image of the two of them on this porch of the grandmother's home, which I'm able to describe this, this home in detail. And I see that they're working on something and, and, and I'm, I'm getting a closer look and it's, it's some type of craft work. And so as I'm, as I'm describing this, I see that it looks like a, a, a beaded necklace and it, it had a uh, kind of a diamond shape, and it had it, and it had a, a it was I believe it was white, and it had a turquoise, some type of singlet, some type of of, of of emblem in the middle of this necklace. So, uh, uh, and I'm I'm describing this in in, in, in pretty good, in really great detail. Mm -hmm. And um, the woman looks at me and she says, "Yeah, I remember." doing that necklace with my grandmother. My grandmother not only was a medicine woman, but she was also a famous Indian artisan. And that necklace that we worked on is actually in a Plains Indian Museum. And that's a museum piece now. Wow. So if you wanted to go see it, she said, here's, here's where the museum is, and you can actually see this piece that you just described, described to me. That's great. I, uh, I just asked for a story because um, stories really make a difference is, is to belief. You know, it's one thing to hear, you know, but to really listen and take in. I don't know, it's, it's really great. And I'm sure you've had many more. So if we can talk a little bit about um, well, maybe why Matthew recommended you be on this show. He says you've been participating in some 
really interesting healings and some neat things have occurred. And also, if you wouldn't mind, again, no names, um, but just kind of what kind of things have happened in the healings that you've found, uh, that you've participated in. And also the distinction, are you doing the healing or is the healing coming from somewhere else? Let me start with your last question first. Um, Absolutely, the healing comes from God. Uh, Spiritual healers are, if you will, a a channel for the energy, an instrument of healing. We participate in the healing, but the the actual healing energy itself, the act of healing is actually something that comes from, you know, from the higher power. Uh, from what I term God, you can term whatever, you know, your, 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 your opinion of, of whatever right. the power, the ultimate authority. Um, but absolutely, that is where the healing comes from. Um, I'm just blessed to have been chosen as an instrument to, to do this healing work. So, yeah. but I of get course, it. You know. And what I, about participating in uh, Matthew said that you had some stories of some individuals that um, this healing has really made a difference for. Yeah. um, I can list several. Uh, I do work with uh, cancer patients. Okay. Um, And I've probably seen as many cancer patients as, as, as other clients. Um, And I have a lot of ex cancer patients (laughs) as in, cancer patients that are no longer cancer patients because they no longer have cancer. Uh, I can give you uh, an interesting... Yes. Whatever you're going to say, yes. <laughs> um, I have to preface this. Um, and, of course, we, we're, not, we're not the ones who decide this, but not everybody gets better. And, um, and, I, and I believe that has to do with something in our life path. There's, there's certain things that we're meant to experience and that our families are meant to experience. Um, but I would say the majority of people that we work on as spiritual healers do tend to get better, or at least have some type of improvement. So getting back to a cancer case, uh, I did have a woman. She had brought her mother to me. Her brother, her mother was a breast cancer patient, and I worked on her mother. And while she was here, she and her sister actually accompanied her mother. And they had me both do uh, healing sessions for them after I worked on the mother. Um, and when I was working on this one woman, the, the daughter who was, who happened to be a nurse, as I was feeling in her energy and I was working on her, I got over her, um, like the ovarian area and I, and I picked up on what I felt to me, it felt like a cancer. And I told her that I said, look, I'm feeling something here and you really need to get this checked. And she said, well, I've been having really heavy menses of late. And I said, okay, well, I would just recommend that you get this, this checked. And I, and I did some healing at that time. And then um, it, several weeks had passed by, maybe a month or so. And I, something else, <laughs> I hate to keep backing up, but something else that healers can do, um, spiritual healers can do distance healing. So her mother, I get a text one, one night, late at night. And it was probably 11 p.m., and her mother texted me and said, hey, my daughter's in the hospital. Could you send her distance healing, please? Mm-hmm. She's not doing very well. So I said, absolutely. And, and immediately I, I, I went to give her distance healing. I felt the waterfall of energy. 
the bit, and and I feel that that is angelic energy that when the when the very strong. It's kind of the difference between a nine volt battery and a two twenty. Okay. Uh, it's, it's it's huge energy, and it was over that area that I felt the the initial um, disturbance, if you will, in her energy. Um, do the healing. Felt felt the massive flow of energy. Text the mother back. Say okay, the healing sent. Uh, she got the good stuff. My angel stepped in. Um, hope she hope she feels better. Mm-hmm. Left it at that. Didn't hear anything back initially. And about a month went by, and then I get about a two or three page email mm-hmm. from from the girl, the, the daughter I'd worked on. So apparently, after she'd seen me initially, she'd gone in and, and got checked, and then they found out that she had some ovarian cysts. So she was going to have to go in and get an ablation. And uh, where they actually go out and burn out the cysts. Mm, wow. So this is actually at the hospital where she works. And um, the surgeon, who was a surgeon that she knew, after the procedure came in the room and sat on the edge of her bed and he had tears in his eyes. And he says, um, I don't know how to tell you this, but you've got cancer. And oh my gosh. A large tumor on your uterus. And um, so we hadn't done anything because we don't know where it spread. So we pretty much just sewed you back up. And um, so we're going to do all the tests and then we're going to see how we're going to proceed for a course of treatment. Okay, well, that was the night her mother texted me, which is the same night I did the uh, distance healing for her. Mm-hmm. Well, a few days later, after they'd run all their scans, their PET scans and MRIs and you know, all the cancer tests, the surgeon comes back in and he says, now he's got a smile on his face. He says, I've got great news. He says, you're cancer free. Cancer free. He says, we can't explain it. We don't know what happened. We saw the tumor. We, we, you know, we put our hands on it. We touched it. The, the team saw it. It's gone. You have no tumor. You have no cancer. Wow, Brian. Well, she tells me her story. <laughs> kind of freaked her out because she didn't really understand what happened. Mm-hmm. I got her head around it. And um, she has since become a healer herself. Oh, that's fantastic. So, um, but again, getting back to not everybody, uh, yeah. is, uh, her mother, for whatever reason, did not respond to the healing. And her mother made it another year or so, but ended up passing from mm-hmm. breast cancer. So um, there's no rhyme or reason to it. Uh, just, I just feel that there's, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a greater plan out there that we're not privy to. Yeah, you know, when my dad was diagnosed with cancer this last time around, he ended up passing away, and it was brutal. And I'd been involved with life after death stuff, did a lot of reading on healing. Man, Mm -hmm. I played full out for his healing, Mm -hmm. his physical healing, not even imagining something could be happening on a spiritual level, but for physical. Well, so then he died, right? And uh, it was awful and excruciating, the grief and everything. But for my own self, had that all not happened and dad not exited the planet that way, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I wouldn't have written the book. I wouldn't have this radio show. And it was like in the midst of someone not healing, you might not have the answers. But I know for myself, fast forward several years, looking back, like it all happened in perfect divine time for where I am now. And I truly do believe in life after death that dad's working his angle on his side in the hereafter you know helping spread this message um 
there's a lot of spiritual growth that comes through these experiences. And, and I often wonder if that's not part of the, why we're experiencing these things. Yeah. And you know, my understanding is because there's no pain or suffering on the other side, that that's why we experience these things here because that you don't get the growth without having the hardship. And, um, my understanding is, is this is kind of the school of hard knocks that we go through. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. And the biggest growth we have for our souls comes from the hardest times and the most sufferings. Absolutely. And as awful as that sounds like, I mean, anybody can even look at your own life, you know, and some of the biggest life lessons you've learned and some sure. of those hardships have had to occur. I uh, had a healer on a couple years ago called Alex Hermosillo. Uh, he's one of my earliest episodes. And he said something quite fascinating to me is he said um, just why some people heal physically and some people don't. He said, and this was just his impression, that when we do experience a healing or hear of someone else's healing, we really get the magnitude of who we are and what's possible. We get a, a belief in, in God. We get a faith. Call it God or whatever you want to call it. We have a we get a faith in there's something else, that there's a much bigger picture. Uh, so even if we don't get the healing, we, we witness it or we hear about it, it makes a difference. And then even uh, our f- mutual friend and tutor, Matthew, had told me that um, healings can occur on different levels, not just physical. Oh, absolutely. You want to, can you speak about that a little bit? Well, um, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and as a healer, there are people that come in, um, with not just physical ailments, but they have emotional injuries, uh, um, life events that have traumatized them. Uh, you know, people, you know, I've had clients that have come in that have experienced abuse, sexual abuse as a child or, or been abused people or, or gone through, you know, lost their husband to a suicide or, or you know, things like that. Yeah, it's, that's well, heavy duty emotional injury. No, um, it's, it's interesting because I, I do, I, I work at home most of the time. And sometimes my wife will meet these clients and she'll see them when they walk in the door and then she sees them when they leave. And she says, you know, you can really see it in their eyes. Um, they'll come in and they have this kind of gray, almost like a fog about their eyes. And then after the healing, when they leave, they have this sparkly, shiny, wet looking eyes. And you can just see that this, this weight has been lifted. And, um, I feel absolutely that the healings take place on many levels, not just a physical level. Um, uh, there's also tends to be a lot of times during the healing, there's some type of emotional release. Um, you know, my teacher always told me, make sure you keep a big box of tissues when you're working on people, particularly women. He said, they said she said, because um, a lot of times they'll just start crying for no reason. <laughs> you'll just be working on them. But that, that these blockages, these, these emotional traumas are going to come out somehow. Yes. And that's how they manifest is, is just a, a good cry will come out of these people. Yeah. You know, I'm reminded of something I heard. Um, people that are really negative and complain and all that stuff, uh, and, and true or not, I don't know, but like we can create our own illnesses, you know, and then we can also heal ourselves by, by shifting uh, and being more positive. And I can't help but think to do an emotional healing on someone it changes their vibration, changes their way of being. And then the body 
can follow and be more healthy. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And, that, and I, that's one of the things I mentioned before, what happens to the, to the spirit body, if you will, is reflected in the physical body and vice versa. Yeah. I keep forgetting that you said that. So yeah, we all have a spirit body that's identical or close to our physical body. As I'm working in these people's energy, you know, you can feel those blockages and, and, and the, the emotional blockages don't feel like the injuries or the physical problems, at least it, 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 to me as, as I'm, as I'm I have my hands, if you will, in their energy. Um, and, and it's interesting because particularly cancer, as I'm working on somebody who has cancer, it, it actually presents, I get a stinging sensation in my hands. It almost feels like little needle pricks. Interesting. Okay. Cater to me that while wow, there's something serious there and it's and it feel you know and like a cancer, um, for lack of a better term, some emotional things almost feel like a thickness to the air above their body as as I'm moving my hands through it. It's like it's like there's almost like a resistance. Mm -hmm. um, so that it, it presents differently to me as a healer, and uh, but again, um, spiritual energy is intuitive. It goes where it's needed, and you get what you're supposed to get. <laughs> so it's uh, you get uh, what you're supposed to get. Oh my, yeah, I get it. So, um, and and different people get different things. <laughs> so. Right, but you're just the the vessel. You're the the medium channeling this energy through. Can you? You just mentioned um, what it, some of the feelings you have. Is it all feeling that you get, or do you get any? visual images well it's interesting because initially i would pretty much just get feeling but within the last couple of years i've actually been getting images of of things particularly tumors and things like that i've actually been shown uh, clairvoyantly which which i could best describe as a picture in my mind mm -hmm. uh, uh images of tumors uh i'll tell you another healing story yes please <laughs> i had gone up to volunteer at the healing service uh, in Texas. And, uh, I got there a little early and as I'm unloading my table out of the back of my car, I see this young man outside the front door. He had his back to the door and I see him smoking. And I'm like thinking in my head, I'm like, look at you, you're coming up to healing service and here you are, you know, dragging down cigarettes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, what are you thinking? Um, it's hard to change habits, Brian. Yeah. So, go ahead. <laughs> so I, I go in and I, I see several people and, and this young man gets on my table, and I didn't recognize him as, as the man, as, as the young person who had been smoking. And he gets on my table, and I, and I start working on him. And, and boy, this, I, I typically ask him, have you, have you received healing before? Have you had Reiki before? And they're like, and he said, well, I'm, I've, I've actually gone through the first Reiki. There's three levels. He goes, I'm a Reiki one. I said, okay, well, are you using it? No, I just did the training. I was like, well, okay. Well. So I'm feeling, this, again, massive flow of energy. I feel the angels step in, as I say. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder what's going on with him. Maybe they're trying to open him up. They want him to do, get into his healing work or something. And so I, I'm not really questioning. I'm just letting the energy flow. And then I'm just kind of moving down his body as I'm doing this, clearing out the different chakras. And I get over his right lung, and I'm shown an image of a tumor in the, in the lung tissue. And, I put my, and I'm guided. I put my finger on this spot <laughs> on his chest. And I said, I looked at him. I said, smoker? And he goes, yeah. I said, you're feeling a lot of pain right here, aren't you? And he says, yeah. Hmm. And I said, and I told him what I'd just seen. I said, well, I, I was shown a tumor right here. 
And his eyes got wide and he goes, you know, I've been to five different healers and you're the first person who picked up on that. He goes, but yeah, I'm, I'm aware it's there. Oh I, my. I said, well, let's see what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And again, massive energy flow. And this went on for several minutes and I just had my hands over the area. And then in my mind, I'm getting shown this tumor is gone. And I just, and I just told him, I said, this is what I've been shown. And he said, yeah, the pain's completely gone now. And I said, well, I feel that you were, I feel that you've been healed. Please, you know, follow up with your doctors, but I feel that that tumor is gone now. And, uh, he says, yeah, he goes, I, I know it's gone. I, I it's, just, it's, it's, I had, I don't have this pain. I don't have this discomfort I've been having in a long. And, um, and I said, well, hold on. There's a, there's a message coming in. <laughs> okay. And sometimes I get that and it was his guides. And the message was, they're, they're kind of abrupt <laughs> for guides. I mean, they were nicely saying, dummy, you did this to yourself. Right. Through all the smoking, you know, you're 25 years old. You weren't meant to die of, of lung cancer, you know, at the age of 26 or 27 or however long it would have taken to kill him. They, they said, essentially you've gotten a do over. This is a one time shot. Mm. Put the cigarettes away. You have things to accomplish in this life. And get on doing those things and, and, you know, quit this self-destructive habit that you've been doing. And I, I relayed the message exactly as I received it. Mm-hmm. And he was there. His girlfriend was listening to the conversation. She's saying, absolutely, he's not going to smoke anymore. Cigarettes are gone. <laughs> so um, they do show me images. Mm. Um, Has there been any follow-up with him to see if he's on the track of getting into Reiki and he's well and all that? I've moved since then. I mean, I, oh, okay. when I people at these services i don't i get their name i don't get their names or yeah. sometimes i don't have any contact information which is good okay i'm just curious you know it's my mind going what happened next recently um i mean I, and i've had this several times recently and this was uh less than a month ago i was working with one of my friends in germany and she had mentioned well hey i'm i won't be able to work with you next week because i'm uh going in for a procedure and uh she said she says some female things and i said and i was told by spirit oh she has ovarian cysts so i said oh i said oh you have cysts and she said yeah wow and uh i said would you like me to do some healing for you and she said yeah and so as i'm doing the healing i'm shown several cysts uh, one was particularly large and angry looking one which i described to her and and as i'm as I'm doing this healing, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing this image in my mind of these cysts being absorbed back into her body, for lack of a better term. Um, and then this this large, angry-looking cyst, um, I'm shown, it almost looked like a blue light shining on it. And uh, I see it, and there's all this inflammation around it. And I, and I see it, for lack of, I, I guess, almost like being frozen off. <laughs> mm-hmm. like, like they do a plantar ward, right? Right this image in my mind and i'm describing the cyst and she says oh yeah the doctor mentioned that there's one particularly large one and it's got a lot of inflammation around it and and um so again i see this cyst being basically frozen and then absorbed back into the body well after the healing i said okay well you this this is like on a monday she was supposed to see the doctors on the friday i said well you tell me what they what they do or do not find in your in your uh when they go through your procedure and um so I talked to her a week later, and she said, uh, 
I said, how'd the procedure she go? And she said, there wasn't a procedure. And I said, oh, really? And she said, yeah, it wasn't necessary. The cysts are gone. Oh, my gosh. So, these are the things you experience as a spiritual healer. <laughs> wow. Are you recording all these for yourself? Because I'm getting a strong sensation that there's a book you're going to be writing in your future. <laughs> I have these in my mind, but I don't, I don't actually put them down on paper. Can I, I ask you to keep a little journal or something? Yeah. But, you know, yes. I can say, yes. quite yes. honestly, I am always in awe of the power of spirit, mm-hmm. of the of the um, circumstances that they can put in place to get people together, to get clients to you, to help people find you. Um, recently, and this is a case where the person didn't get better, but I can tell you that his passing was aided by spirit, and I'll, and I'll tell you about this situation. Okay. My wife goes down, we have basements in Ohio. My wife goes down to the basement this one morning and she says, oh my God, there's this horrible smell in the basement. And I'm like, oh gosh, what's going on? And I, I, I go down the stairs and look and one of the, these drains had kind of backed up. Luckily not, not it hadn't flooded, but it was kind of like sewage backed up through the, one of the drains in the basement floor. And so I'm like, oh geez, what's going on? So get on the phone, call, call my usual plumbing company that I've, I've dealt with before. Well, they can't see me for a couple of days. So I called this other company and they said, well, you know, our normal guy is out sick today, but we use this other guy. We'll send him over to you. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. The man shows up, we start talking and, uh, he kind of, he asked me what I do. I said, well, I'm a healer and I, you know, I take care of my kids. And, um, he says, well, you know, he goes, my son has cancer. And I said, well, I work with a lot of cancer patients. So as he's here, I said, would you like me to do a, a healing for your son? And his son had been in hospice care, um, and he was comatose. Oh. And they were expecting him to pass any day. Um, and so I said, well, and I explained, I said, look, so there's no guarantees. I said, but I'll do what I can do. I said, what's meant to be what was meant to be, but I will absolutely, I'll send your son healing. And I said, and it might aid in his passing. And um, so I did healing for his son, distance healing. So he calls me, or he texts me the next morning. He said, he's awake. He's out of his coma Hmm. and communicating with us. And he is saying his goodbyes. And um, they had taken him off of food and water, I guess, because he was at that stage. Yes. Uh, is um, hospice does a wonderful service to people, but oh my gosh, it's I lost a, my mother recently, and and it's it's just a horrible experience that people have to go through. Mm-hmm. But um, it's tough. But absolutely, I feel that the healing enabled him to come and say his goodbyes, which is healing to everybody. Exactly, and and I feel that that's the that is the manifestation of that healing yeah. was that he got to say goodbye because he had kids he had four kids he got to say goodbye to his kids he got to say goodbye to his wife um before he you know he passed over and, and uh, what are the chances i mean it's, it's like divinely set up that he was the guy that came to your house the drain guy the <laughs> drain guy filling in for another guy who just happened to be sick that day yeah 
know? And um, so, again, I don't believe in coincidences. Mm-mm. You know, I, I, I have too many things like that happen in my life. I recently was supposed to have carpal tunnel surgery. Mm-hmm. I had wrist injury. And um, <laughs> I was I put out the thought, boy, I'd really like to find whoever the best hand guy is in our area so I can have him do it. And I'm at the car dealership one day, getting my car serviced. And there's one other guy in the waiting room. And we start talking. And I mentioned the carpal tunnel thing. And he goes, I said, you don't happen to know a good hand surgeon, do you? And his eyebrows kind of went up. And he goes, well, I'm Dr. So-and-so, and I'm an orthopedic surgeon. No kidding. <laughs> he goes, I just retired, but my partner is the guy you need to see. And uh, <laughs> Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it turns out that I said, well, here, go on. we're about to go on a trip, and my car just started running rough for some reason. So I, I, I thought I'd swing by before we, we, we go on this long trip. Well, so we're sitting there, and the mechanic comes back. He goes, well, there's nothing wrong with your car. You just need to put some dry gas in it. He goes, your car will be fine. <laughs> yeah, you were there to meet the this guy. That is amazing. I Like that happens. And you, oh. go, and you, and you just go, wow, how, how smart can they be? I mean, look at all the things that they do <laughs> to put people together. It's, yeah. it's just, I, I never cease to be amazed. Brian, we're going to stay in touch after this episode. And, you know, I'm going to do my best to share this with as many people as I can. But I do ask you to consider and uh, to j- just jotting all these stories down. Because like Chicken Soup for the Soul helps people. And that just by virtue of reading a book about what's possible, I think it, it, when you collect these stories, like that'll make a difference too, whether it's a book or whether you have a blog or whether you have something, because it, it just, so just consider that. Even if you call it the power of spirit, that's what you had said earlier. Um, let me just ask, are you special or can other people learn healing? And also, even though many of us haven't gone to school for healing, um, do we have any power ourselves to help others in healing? I believe absolutely that all people have healing ability. Okay. Um, Jesus even says so in the Bible. As as I, you know, when his disciples were there talking about his doing his healing, he said, "You all," he says, "As I do, you can all do this." Um, I believe. Uh, that particularly mothers, if you watch a mother when, when their child cries, mm-hmm. what do they do? They hold the child against their body. You see them rubbing their back. They, they do this instinctively. You know that rubbing the back is it's clearing out the chakras with their energy. <laughs> mm, okay. Um, and and that's, that soothing, that loving energy is what they're giving to the children. And, um, it's it's that same energy, but now you're doing it as adults, and you're giving it to other adults. It's that loving energy. You have to have you have to have a few things to be a healer. Uh, first is the intent. Okay, intent is huge. Our thoughts absolutely have power, have energy, and the intent to heal, the desire to be of service to your fellow man. Okay. Um, there's a spiritual book. There's a teacher. His name was Silver Birch, and he says. Service is the coin of spirit. Um, you know, Jesus' message was a simple one. Um, it was basically love God, love each other, and be of service to your fellow man. Mm-hmm. You know, heal the sick, feed the hungry, clothe the naked. That's a simple message. All, all the rest of this 
if you could strip it all away and just stayed with that root message, you'd be in good shape. <laughs> yes. And um, I think if you have a desire, a sincere desire to be a healer and present that desire to God and, and put forth the effort to work as a healer, that absolutely that, that ability is something you can develop. Man, that's awesome. You have to have compassion. Um, yeah. Have to have again a sincere desire to help people and to to help them with their pain and, and their suffering and, and the disease and um, it's something that has to come from your heart. Yeah. But if you have that desire, I think absolutely anybody, and I mean anybody, and it, and it, it, and it might not be at the level that some people are, but you can make a difference. I mean, the, the power of touch is amazing, and that's documented in, in healthcare. You know, um, they call it healing touch, but it's, it's essentially they're just kind of like doing lower level <laughs> spiritual healing, if you will, or just energy healing. Because I mean, we can we can all heal with our personal reserves of energy. Just the bigger things actually take a spiritual energy at a higher level, I guess you'd say, as far as the magnitude of the of the energy that that can flow. Mm. But everybody can use their personal reserve of energy for healing. Again, setting the intent, and you mentioned heat from the practitioner that you mm-hmm. visited. Yes. And yeah, my hands get really toasty. <laughs> wow. I, my wife and I went shortly after I had um, did my Reiki training for a period. Your body's kind of like my teacher called Reiki on all the time, which you have these really hot hands, particularly when you when you're thinking about the healing work. And uh, we were at the National Aeronautics Space Museum in Washington, D.C. And it, it had one of those cameras. It's a thermo imaging camera. Yes. I hold up my hands and I said, watch this, honey. <laughs> and uh, my hands were kind of yellow, you know, and you can see the different blues and different shades around my body. And I said, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to call up some healing energy. And so I, I connected with spirit and I focused and I called up healing energy and my hands flared bright red. No, they didn't. Oh my gosh. And I said, okay, now I'm going to call, now I'm going to pull it back in. So I just, okay, just, all right. Not doing it again. <laughs> Flared red again. Back to yellow. Flared red again. Back to yellow. And people were watching. They're like, "What is he doing? How's he doing that?" <laughs> I told her. I said, "And we we didn't have, I guess, cell phones at that time. That had video on them." I said, "You know, that would have been a cool video for YouTube." <laughs> and you may be doing that again in your future, and and doing that. This is such good stuff, Brian. Wow! 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 And if anybody, if this interview really resonates with people and people think they want to get in interested would reiki be a good place to start just to start really great place to start um and and i say i've kind of i I don't call what i do reiki now Mm -hmm. uh spiritual healing um some of the things that reiki uses and and i can see where this works is uh they use reiki symbols and and reiki um there's different reiki symbols if you will that that are that Reiki practitioners can use when doing healing. Um, and most people start out using these. Um, and they're, they're supposed to be healing symbols, if you will, that, mm-hmm. that you use when you're, when you're working on your clients. But what I found out is if you strip all that away, it, it, it becomes the intent and the symbols aren't necessary. Yes. And, and I've also studied shamanic healing. Um, I've gone through the, uh, it's called the Muneki, which is Peruvian shamanism. Um, went through, there's a series of nine attunements associated with that, which I've done. 
and I've studied other healing modalities, um, Chinese Qigong. Um, but what I've found <laughs> is it's all the same thing. That's mm-hmm. just labels. Right. Uh, there are all these modalities are tapping into a, a higher power and channeling this energy for healing with, you know, with, with, with good intent. Yes. Yep. You know, the shamans and the native Americans would call in animal spirits. You know, we call in jaguar, serpent, hummingbird, condor. Well, I call in the archetypes, Michael, Raphael, Uriel, Gabriel, mm-hmm. <laughs> but for the same intent for healing. Wow. And, um, and that's what, and you know, and the shamanic healing has been around for 30,000 years. Mm-hmm. So, you know, our ancestors knew this instinctively. But in our modern times, we've modified the, you know, but we're doing the same thing. We're, we're tapping into life force energy from God, and we're a channel for that energy for healing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and to remember that we're just a channel. Uh, you know, we're not the be-all and the end-all. It's coming from that mega source battery, if you will. You really have to get out of the way when you do healing um, for the to, for the really effective healing. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because I've had sessions with people. Uh, I've gone for myself, like for a Reiki session and wanted to talk to the practitioner while they were working. I'm like, no, no, you shouldn't be talking. You have to be very quiet while I'm, while I'm doing this. I'm like, really? Um, because when I'm healing, I'm talking the whole time. <laughs> I'm having a conversation and I'm telling them stories and, uh, what I find that does is that occupies my conscious mind so that my unconscious mind is free to do the healing work. Oh, that's good news. How long does a healing session typically take? As long as it takes. <laughs> but I mean, is it hours? Could um, it... Probably the longest session I've had would be maybe 90 minutes. Okay. But not all of that is healing because there's there's some conversation that goes on before the healing begins. Um, they give it an hour would be as an initial session. I... And what I typically tell people is, look, I don't want to, not that, not that I'm not enjoying our meeting. Right. (laughs) I really don't want to see you again because I want you to be healed. Yes, exactly. (laughs) You don't need to come come back. I mean, if somebody's saying, you know, I'm feeling stressed out and I'm tired and I just, you know, I'd just like to, you know, a Reiki session to kind of de-stress. Well, you know, those people are going to come back and see you again because, and I say, well, they say, well, how often should I come? I said, well, you know how you feel now, because usually when they get off my table, they're feeling, you know, alive and, right. and vibrant. And, vibrant. and um, when you don't feel this way, come back. <laughs> you know? so, Perfect. You know, you be your own barometer there. Yeah. Brian, do you have any closing words? I'm just looking at the time and our time goes by so fast. Closing words. Yeah. Um, I can say absolutely unequivocally that there is no death as we perceive death. Um, for lack of a better term, there is just a change of address. Ah. Because absolutely your personality, your, you know, your thoughts, your memories, all that accompanies you when this, <laughs> people think this little crew, this meat sack that we're occupying right now is gone. <laughs> uh-huh. You are a soul. You have a body. Yeah. Oh, Bar. And there's and- so much available. Oh my gosh. I just got an image of you um, or just of healing as a set of jumper cables. There you go. <laughs> and it's just perfect because 
everybody can get jumper cables, but it's, you know, to, um, like worship you, Brian Basket, this great healer. Oh, you're the you're the jumper cables, and yeah. a pretty great set of jumper cables. But you're the jumper cables. <laughs> all the thanks and all the glory to God. Yeah, um, yeah, I like that. I'm just I'm just a wrench in his tool belt. That's right. I think we all are, and be of service. And it's so funny that you mentioned Silver Birch because I'm reading a, a Silver Birch book right now, and the chapter I just started was on service. So, oh, there's a great book called the book of questions and answers. And let me tell you, that'll answer a lot of questions. And, and one of the things that Silver Birch says, and I tell all people, we all have an inner barometer as, as to know what right and wrong is. And he says, you know, if, if, if what I'm teaching doesn't resonate with you, discard it. Don't, don't accept it. He says, but we all know what's right and wrong when we hear it. Yes. And let that be your barometer. Don't just take things for sooth, for, for fact, just because they're in a certain text or a certain book. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I agree. And just for our listener, if you go to wedontdieradio.com, click on episode 115, you'll see Brian Baskett's picture. There'll be a link to his Reiki Holistic Healing.com. And I do have a link also to that book by Silver Birch, Questions and Answers for you. So, Brian, I'm going to close this episode with a gigantic thank you. That was my pleasure. I absolutely enjoyed it. Yeah, it's awesome. I um, rate some of these episodes by how many times I get goosebumps, and I got them five times. You might be the record of telling stories that uh, gave me the goosebumps, so that's awesome. Um, And so for our guest, thank you, too. Thank you for giving us your hour today listening, and I'm thrilled. This show is just growing by leaps and bounds, and um, my goal, my intent, as Brian says intent, is to just to get to as many people as possible to help you realize uh, you're a soul much bigger than you think you are with a body. Um, Miracles are possible. There is a healing touch. Um, We can all be jumper cables to a certain extent. Uh, If this is something that makes a difference to you, please learn more about it. And just as a a favor to ask if you're somebody who likes this show if you don't mind share it on facebook share it on youtube tell your friends about it um if you can navigate on itunes there's a place where you can leave a review and this show is simply called we don't die on itunes and it makes a difference it really does um to know that people enjoy it and it makes a difference in your life so in closing my name is sandra champlain i've been your host on we don't die radio and like i said earlier i do believe that life is an education for our souls and that your life here on earth is important so i want to thank you for listening and we'll see you soon